Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Centurion Leadership Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host today. Um, welcome back. Um, Again, we have leadership and entrepreneurs throughout history. Uh, It's January, so with Martin Luther King Day, at least in the United States, um, which everyone should know in the United States, I hope, and many around the world who Martin Luther King was. He did win a Nobel Peace Prize, um, obviously, because he believed that human rights were not only for colored Americans or black Americans, but for all of humanity. Um, that is where he was going, um, though he did focus primarily on equal rights in the United States in hopes of spilling that out and having a greater influence, which we all can see that he has all these years later. Um, we still are, are working for equal rights, for um, fighting racism and things like that, and equal opportunity for everyone, um, which, you know, and not swinging so far the other direction. Um, where we overcorrect the problem. I think he was good at understanding how strong it needed to be, but that violence wasn't the answer because we didn't need to overcorrect the problem or give the cause a bad name when it came to human rights or economic opportunity or equality or equitable opportunity, if you will. So I really want to focus on a lot of that and their speeches, and I recommend everyone read I Have a Dream speech. It's one of the best. Um that I've, I've read. Um, there's a lot of great speeches out there. I think probably at some point we will have just um, leadership speeches um, where one of the interns will probably pick a great speech and they'll dissect it from a leadership standpoint at some point. Um, we've talked about that. So um, talking about speeches throughout history. And so I think that would be a cool topic, but um, we don't have a name yet. But anyway, as we go through this January, um, our core values also go the extra mile. Uh, mediocrity is um, boring, um, if you will. So I think that that we all can see that Martin Luther King took it upon himself to get educated, to go out there, get experience and exposure. Um, and then go lead. He he understood how to talk to people. He went out and gained confidence through those things. I feel like he was able to unite a lot of people. So um, let's just talk about the ways that he did it. I feel like there's six major things as a leader that he did. And, and again, eventually I'll tie these back into the um, – the e the 18 e's or what we're calling the pillars of leadership series and i'll come back and compare martin luther king to all the e's um in one of our series hopefully down the road as we reevaluate it but for now um i'm going to focus on this these six things um and and everyone can can 
give or take what they want or give feedback or questions and I'm happy to respond to this episode if necessary. Um, again, why is this one kind of important to me? It's the very first Just in the Food Entrepreneurs podcast we ever did when we used to do Motivational Mondays on there. It was on there. I enjoyed it. Um, we don't do Motivational Mondays on Just in the Food Entrepreneurs anymore. Um, I, it was something that turned into the Centurion Leadership Battalion and grew into something more. Um, if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't have done those in the way that I did. I love them and I'm going to leave them up for everyone, but I would have structured them differently and, and split the podcast into two earlier. Although Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs has taken its own path and Centurion Leadership Battalion is blowing up. Um, I can't wait to see what February numbers are going to be because it's freaking amazing what, what's going on here. And I really appreciate all the love and all the reviews and the questions and the sharing and, and the word of mouth. And I hear employees in certain offices are sharing it with each other. So thanks for paying the dues or the fees or whatever anyone calls it because we do do this for free. So let's go talking about back to confidence. Martin Luther King had a lot of confidence. He did it. It was a major leadership quality, but he gained it through experience, exposure, and um, education. Obviously, he was a, a, a reverend and a, a preacher or minister, however we want to look at it, different names depending on what. But he was – he had the ability to talk to people, to, to vocally inspire them and convey a message he became very good at it and he became very confident at it. And he was able to take his passions and the things that he believed, um, not because he thought it was best, but because he thought it was best for all of humanity. And being best for all humanity, if he could lift up black Americans or colored Americans, that that would spill everywhere. I want everyone to realize that the confidence that he has was that he knew he could make a difference, that he believed in himself and those around him enough, the people that he united and the different groups he united in different ministers and different churches and different equal rights groups um, to do that. You know, he had the confidence to do that. And so it takes a lot. It takes experience. But it also takes knowing that your actions are for the for the be- for the best and for the good and have moral and ethical value in them and you can have an argument around it it's also you know that you have integrity which is number two taking responsibility for your actions asking others to do what you're asking um willing to do what you're asking others to do sorry and you know we know it from selma and in the movie if anyone's seen it but we also know it from his character and from the things that we read that he was in the front of the marches he was there with everyone and he was willing to sacrifice his life and as we again we know from martyrs we don't know what he was capable of and did martyrdom you know end his life early and possibly staple him into history more I don't know, but when he was winning a Nobel Prize, I know where we are in the United States right now and where equal rights is around the world and the impact he's had as passing away in like 1968-ish. So, I mean, it's hard to imagine what that impact would have been if he would have been around another 50 years to 88 or something. So the integrity is he took responsibility for things. If he messed up or made a mistake, he admitted it. Um, he was able to do things non through nonviolence. 
he was able to be there on time, show people what it meant, be there for when people needed it. He exposed himself to different situations and different scenarios um, in order to gain the confidence, but it also gave him the integrity. It didn't matter if you're white, black, brown, yellow. He was there to make sure that all humans were treated equally and about humanity. And it had to rise up one group to get equal with another group for everyone to start equalizing, but that's only started to spill out. You know, and I think in the world right now, if everything going on in COVID and sort of this unstable world economy we're starting to see, and, and we've already talked about what's happened in the food chain and, and how bad that is and natural resources with Russia and our dependency on them and now this dependency on food with China and, you know, neither one of them really believe in human rights. Um, and we're going to see that in the next two months. I hate to say it to everyone, but like... It's probably good we're talking about Martin Luther King right now and human rights and humanity and how willing are we as first world countries to stand up for human rights, to continue what Martin Luther King has done. And as we talk about what lives matter, and I agree, you know, that we need to be activists and we need to advocate for what we want and we need to have conviction. Um, but I really, as we go through these six things, I really want everyone to really think about what is it that we were fighting for? And if it was nonviolent, what happens when there is violence in other parts of the world and we need to fight for humanity or equal rights? What if it was blacks against blacks or whites against whites or yellow against yellow or red against red? How do we handle it when it's not necessarily racist, but maybe it is eth 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 based on ethnicity, sorry can't talk today so um, I'm stuttering apparently new thing on the podcast I'm not normally um, so mellow but um, this is a kind of a topic I really um, want to really focus on because I don't think that we're willing to speak up and fight for all humanity in the same way I think we're willing to fight for certain pockets of humanity um, in certain areas of humanity, but I don't know if we got what Martin Luther King was saying, which was, it's about all humanity. It's about equal opportunity for everyone. And the United States is just the catalyst. So let's talk about um, confidence. We talked about that. You know, how do you gain it? Once you have it, you know, you align people you do things. Integrity, it means you do what you say you're going to do. You have the action behind it. We talked about that. Setting an example, and people will follow it. That's why he, was, he had confidence to talk, but he was also able to align and coordinate and lead all different groups of equal rights, um, activist groups, or um, activists is the wrong world. It has a negative connotation I would say to do the right thing groups for lack of a better term for me right now um, so he had integrity he was also intelligent so yeah you know what is intelligence expand and change your own mind with greater thought right meaning I can grow my mind so Martin Luther King believed that humans learn both informal and informal education he also believed as a leader a reverend 
someone who studied God, um, that his job was to continually grow humans forever. It's what if there is God as a Christian and there he's a father, he would want for his children to grow throughout their life and achieve their maximum potential. So what he was trying to do is make sure there was no hindrance by the government to take away from that opportunity, right? If he's a God-believing man, he knows that part of what was going on in segregation 100 years after slavery at that time was that even if there was opportunity or quote-unquote opportunity, um, it wasn't fair, um, it wasn't economical, and it wasn't equitable. So in order for the United States to have it and set an example, it would mean that the world would also have to follow at some point if they weren't already, which I can tell you, as we still see in the world, anti-racism stuff for soccer across the world, it still exists. We're still working through it. So um, we talked about intelligence. The fourth thing, okay, the first thing I said was confidence. The second thing I said was integrity. The third thing I said was intelligence. The fourth thing is determination. I mean, he had the desire to get the job done. He would start something, and he certainly wanted to finish it all the way through. And the more momentum got, the more he worked at it, and the larger the dream became, and the more emboldened he came, right? He had determination to see it through. It was about discipline. It was about completing tasks, and it was about showing up places when he said he would. That, de- that was determination. That was belief in what he was doing. He was willing to work hard to achieve his goals and the dreams that he had, not only for himself, but for all colored people. You know, it's still an impo and World War II, we were just still post-imperial world. There were still a lot of empires and still building. Shh, hey, you know. If I had to make a guess, I'd say we're probably going to be seeing some empires build up again between China and Russia here very shortly. And if I were a betting person, there's going to be lots of human lives lost for the land grabs necessary for fuel and resources. One, to feed the people. Two, to amass war. And something that we do also know, which I do, I'm going to talk about this, um, um, is... When you're like Martin Luther King or your leader, your strategy is so very long-term. And you know that nothing happens overnight, and your strategy is always about moving small pieces down a board all the time. And if we know anything about leaders um, that have been in place a long time in countries like China or Russia, we know that we're, we're probably out-strategized, I'm guessing right now. Um, just because we don't think like they think. We don't think longer term, and we don't think in legacies. We're still trying to worry about taxes and getting our money down, which are all important things, but we're not worried about our legacies. We're not worried about what the United States empire looks like 250 years from now. Worried about We're worried about what we can get now. So... I say that loosely. I know people are saying, no, we believe in this and it'll be better for people like us forever. I agree with you. But I really, I think one of the things that Martin Luther King did well is he did it with such advocation for what was right. 
but such composure foreseeing that you couldn't overcorrect something without creating a greater problem uh, for women, for men of all different colors, classes, ethnicities, races, whatever you want to say. So that the fifth one is advocation with composure. Uh, you know, they could be two different words, but for me, um, he was an advocate. He wanted better education. He wanted free wages. He wanted equal opportunity and equitable um, opportunity for all. He wanted equal access to the to things, meaning the best person got the job. It should always be that way. If you want to be as successful in the world, not every human's going to cut it, right? We shouldn't think that way. We're still animals in some ways. It is the fittest of the survival, meaning we have to have equal opportunity, equal access, regardless of color of skin, biased religion, whatever. This does benefit all of society. He did know that it is true. Society will be lifted up, not just because it's the right thing to do that all men are created equal. It's a greater pool of people that will be higher performing and competing if every male and female has access to that job or that school or that education. In theory, the quality based on competition should go up. That way, everyone's being judged by the content of their character, their work ethic, and their ability to add value to the world around them and themselves versus what color their skin is or what color their hair is or what background they come from. So economic justice can only happen from equal, equitable opportunity where the best person for the job gets the job. And is that a relative thing? Is it who's hiring that gets determined that? Sure. But if you're an entrepreneur like me or you're in a business around the world, it shouldn't matter. And you shouldn't have to worry about diversity of ideas and backgrounds and cultures or even races if you're hiring the best person for the job and you're throwing a very wide net to do that because you're going to be more successful if you have more diversity period. And I'm not talking about color of skin. I'm talking about in background and of mind. Which fine. We can say all of that means that I came from a different neighborhood or a different country. Sure. But I'm not looking at it that way. I'm looking at their ability to logic their way through problems and people's ability to logic their way through problems and make money and make profit and benefit their businesses greatly differ based on where we come from and who our parents are and what hood we grew up in. So those are superpowers. You know, Martin Luther King was on the verge of realizing that they were superpowers, our differences. They're going to save the human race one day. So the last one I have is conviction without violence. And that was integrity also, the nonviolence, but conviction I think is the big part. Um, he was constantly harassed. People try to take away the things that he had. He still had integrity, like we talked about. Um, debunk his theses, um, attack his family, attack who he was, um, tell him he was pursuing the impossible constantly. You know, asking him why he wanted to empower the powerless and be the leader of the broken, the beaten, and the damned, basically. And for him, it was about the conviction that and the determination to see his dream through. 
and see the dreams of every colored American or colored person around the world that has been discriminated against or unfairly treated. Um, but it wasn't only colored. He also understood that there are whites around the world or Caucasians, Europeans, whatever you want to look at, that were also being mistreated by their own people. It's not like the Russians didn't enslave the serfs. They were their own people, right? So um, it's just one of those things. So the conviction with nonviolence, he was a fighter for the disadvantaged, yet again he put himself right in there with a disadvantage he understood their struggle not necessarily because he was as disadvantaged as all of them obviously he was more educated um he had more intelligence um arguably not necessarily that's the wrong word you had more education sorry that's the wrong word to use than a lot of his peers that's why he was able to lead um he had more experience more exposure more confidence more determination more integrity I would say probably more intelligence, actually, and let me take that back. I do think, I don't want it to be derogatory, but I would say that he had more intelligence than most people in the world. His ability to expand and change his own mind to lead people and be adaptable and pivot, phenomenal. Right, so he was able to unite people around a common ideal that all people were created equal and that we all had rights to equitable opportunity that led to economic upsides or upswings or equality for everyone. Um, and I think we talk about it on the podcast, you know, we just use it as the freedom to build your legacy and having financial independence or financial freedom and the independence to build your own legacies. It's the same idea, but you can't build them if you have governments in the way or you have things or segregation or racism um, that's being participated in on a government level. So obviously we can do a better job. We can do a better job as leaders learning from Martin Luther King and we can learn that how do we do it by example? It doesn't mean that Nonviolence always work. It works within the United States. It works because we're so closely aligned in our beliefs and our political system and our democracy and the way we see our republic um, that we were able to get through this while there was violence, while there was things that went bad. Martin Luther King and the cause and the United States was able to pivot and adjust because the way our government was set up. Now, the rest of the world not the same and we've talked about Nelson Mandela before in the podcast and so he led he united people um he did did it after Martin Luther King but he also knew that it was about every citizen in this country and I think Martin Luther King knew not only it was about every citizen in the United States but it was about every citizen of the world and that's the trajectory he was going so if we want to carry on what he's doing we need to make our voices bigger. And if I were to give advice to anyone, it's not that um, that we shouldn't have causes and we shouldn't be advocates and we shouldn't go out there and protest. Um, it's that we need it to be bigger. And once it becomes about all humanity, it naturally rises everyone up to the same level. If it's about all humanity and economic opportunity, um, 
and being leaders and getting more education and exposure and experience out there to the world as well. Um, we always talk about it's not about exporting mosquito nets. It's about teaching everyone how to make mosquito nets and be business people and grow and create their own economies. Um, because, you know, sending over $10 million worth of meals or mosquito nets or whatever solves the problem for how long? And does it actually compound any legacies or give them anything in five years from now they can better their future on or compound or create sub-jobs or sub-industries um, such as lawyers and doctors? So the thing Martin Luther King understood is that there was economic impact. And we talk about, you know, there were bus strikes and stuff like that in previous podcasts, but really all of it came down to is we have economic value, every human. And our willingness to add value in the things that we do and pull back that value is a powerful tool, okay? And can things like sanctions or using our money work? Sure, Martin Luther King taught us that it does. It definitely taught us a new way of diplomacy across the world and the way we do things in our government. I would say his impact on leadership on the way we see the world, on the politics of the Western world in particular, um, and what's spilled into now are you know, even bigger deals um, related to our climate and things like that that, that we are concerned about um, as humans. I think all of it came from out of this ability to speak our minds and speak passionately and protest openly and nonviolently that Martin Luther King showed us that was possible. Um, violence did not need violence. Even if someone was violent with them, they were able to do it nonviolently. And I don't know how you do that, but um, they were able to do it because it made a louder impact. So um, I think it's an interesting way of handling things. Um, it's definitely a way nonviolence works in a country that has a stable government to begin with, regardless of that inequality or not. Um, to allow such a thing to exist, which it hadn't before. There was violence and killing and lynching and hanging and terrible, terrible things. But at least our government allowed the change to happen. And by allow, I mean we, our forefathers put an infrastructure in there as messed up as it may have been with the three, you know, three-fifths and slavery and all that. Um, it was obviously a mistake, and we had a leader who believed it was a mistake in Abraham Lincoln who went back and changed it. And then we had leaders during Martin Luther King's era who went and changed um, things for segregation. Um, do I think they all did it because they believed in it um, or they thought it was political? I don't know what I believe. But I do know that regardless, Martin Luther King's heart was in the right place. He led with conviction. And you know, he'll go down in history forever. There's probably more streets named Martin Luther King than there are Washington at this point in the world. And so that's a pretty powerful thing. Um, that's a pretty powerful impact. But let's not forget it wasn't only about black Americans or colored Americans. It was about the whole world. It was about the human race as a whole. It was about also what Jesse Owens did in Berlin. Right, Standing up against the Nazis is about racism and hatred in its whole form, regardless if it's white on white or black on black or white on um, non-Jewish on Jewish or 
white on yellow or yellow on yellow or red on red. I'm sorry to use all the colors, but I think it's a little bit ridiculous that we use them in general anyway. But, um, you know, I'm, what I'm saying is not to throw it around, not like it doesn't matter, but it shouldn't matter. And what should matter is how we treat each other, to Martin Luther King's point, how we treat the other citizens of the world, and what kind of beam of light are we going to be as the United States? Are we just going to continue consuming blindly and prosperity and thinking that this is going to be the way it is forever? Or are we going to stop and realize that because we are so privileged, because we have such power with our consumerism, that we have great responsibility to humanity? And individuals like Martin Luther King, he was an anomaly. Have we had someone like him since? Nope. Yes, we've had a black president and Barack Obama for sure, but I don't think we've had a leader yet. And I don't care if it's black, white, green, yellow, a leader like him that's made a difference like he has recently for the good. Not a president, not a world leader, maybe the Dalai Lama, but I don't know. We still have wars going on. What can we do and who's going to stand up and live by some of these same guidelines? We talked about Jesus and the impact he made as a leader, obviously, religion aside. So what is it that Martin Luther King did that we all can learn by and live by and make sure that we continue and carry on? Because like I said, guys, I don't know when, and maybe I'll be wrong and everyone can stop listening to podcasts if I'm wrong, but we're about to have a world that's going to be pretty close to war and there's going to be land grabs based on food. We don't have enough food. We destroyed our food supply. And we went ahead and burned, literally cut off the head of all of our resources that we had ourselves. So instead of drilling for oil because it's bad for the environment, the United States doing it in a clean way, we do things like buy 800 million plus barrels from Russia who just do the same thing. So regardless of the environment, if one country does it and another country does, is it still saving the environment? And is it worth not saying we're being environmentally friendly um, and to buy instead from a country that's sure um, not us, so we're holding the mandate, but then we're buying it from them. They don't follow the same human rights we do, and we, um, and we now are dependent on another country for energy. So I don't know, guys, um, but most importantly, they don't treat people humanely, and yet we fund them. So if we're remembering Martin Luther King, yes, we need to equalize things better at home, and we need to give people more opportunity and create more jobs as entrepreneurs in bad neighborhoods, especially in the South. Um, that's why we're, I'm in Milledgeville with Food Service Partners and Better with Bacon Fat and Primal Rock and Grown Strong um, because we're going to go make a difference. But everyone should be willing to go in and make a difference. You know, if you, we want to live by Martin Luther King, it's more than just 
remembering him one day a year or a statue in Washington or a bunch of streets named after him or schools. It's actually living like him or passing on what he would have done if he was still alive or even better yet, learning from it and improving from it and making those lessons part of your leadership style, at least learning from them. Because we are, we should know how to deal with humans. We should have humanity on our side and want equality in terms of opportunity. We want a free market world and human and equal rights don't exist unless there's a free market and a democracy, guys. I don't know how else to tell it, but at 400 million Americans and a 7.9 billion people world, democracy is believed by less than most. So, in democracy, in freedom, there can exist human rights, all humans being created equal. It's American ideal, mostly, that's spread throughout the world, thanks to people like Martin Luther King. But we really, we have to fight for it. And yes, we may be able to demonstrate nonviolently, and we should in the United States, although it's not always true. It doesn't necessarily mean that when someone comes attacks the way of life of democracy or other humans unfairly, that we should not stand up for those humans with conviction. And yes, can we try nonviolent things? Sure. But at some point, we got into slavery and into segregation because there weren't, weren't enough people standing up and voicing that there was the right thing to do or that we're scared. So if we're gonna talk about history repeating itself, it's not just segregation, it's not just whatever. The main thing is that not enough people who were in power, that had power, had the bravery, the integrity, the intelligence, the confidence, the determination, the advocation, or the conviction to actually see it all the way through. They cowered to whatever the status quo was, whether it was segregation, or whatever powerful men said, weak men, obviously, because they're trying to control people. That's a weak man if you need to leave by control. We just need to figure it out. So please, um, I've misspoke and tripped over my words a little bit. I'm apologizing. I'm trying to get ready for a trip to Cancun for a wedding, which is a little nerve-wracking uh, first trip out of the country during COVID. Um, I'm hoping it's fine, though. But anyway... So i sorry if I rush this along. I really love all you guys. I want to give Martin Luther King a lot of credit. Um, he's taught me huge amounts of lessons. And I'm, I'm going to be reading a bunch of his books um, while we're on vacation. So I'm going to try to do another episode on this. Like I'm going to do another episode on Jesus um, eventually since this is the second one of these. And the first one was about Jesus. Um, because they're the big ones. I feel like if I'm going to explore leaders on this, they have already need to be passed away because we need to analyze their whole life. So um, it's at least what I would want someone to do for me truly in the end is analyze my whole life and see how I was as a leader because I'd be questioning how it does. And it took me a long time to truly blossom as a, as a human and as a leader. So um, I want to remind everyone that the movie of May – May's movie is Selma, so it is about Martin Luther King. Again, that's the movie in May. So we'll talk more about Martin Luther King then. I hope to have more stuff and continue on from this podcast about it. 
Um, guys, I really um, appreciate everyone. Again, stumbling over words here. I'm just in a rush to try to pack and get out the door um, to get home to Colorado briefly and then on to Mexico for a wedding. And then hopefully I'll be back in the studio in a week exactly or eight days. So um, I'm excited about the future. We have a lot of cool sub-seasons coming. Um, we have a lot of cool new guests coming in over the next two weeks. And so everything should be fun. And guys, I really appreciate all the feedback and, and everything like that. So if you want to find us, we're at Centurion Leadership Battalion on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Justin Bizarro. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And anyone who's out there, um, any Americans who want to come in and talk more about this and maybe I've misrepresented something or um, there's a further debate on it, I would love for you to come in or reach out to us or come do another episode on this, maybe the exploring through leadership if if that's your background, um, because I'm open to build my intellect. I, I'm, I feel like I'm an intelligent person. People can always expand my mind for greater thinking. So thank you, everyone. Uh, happy birthday, um, Martin Luther King. I guess it'd be way belated since he's passed, but happy birthday. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, and I appreciate all of you guys. Thanks. Thanks.